weird night of shig, but we love it. We love the energy. We love that this room is full. And we are going to continue our series of big questions about God. And I thought that this would be a good night to talk about prayer because one of the things that they are now doing, I don't know if you guys caught what was going on as you guys were leaving, but they are going to enter into a time of prayer after they just um, worshiped God and brought him glory, right? Which, which is really cool and a really great opportunity. But I felt the need to pull you out of that and instead give you just a quick, um, some quick thoughts on prayer. And I think that prayer, if you haven't asked this question before, because I think the past few questions that we've asked are questions that everybody in this room has asked. This one, though, I don't think, maybe not everyone has asked this, but I think it's a worthy question to consider and to explore. And the question is, why does God want us to pray? Prayer is interesting because um, in a time where not all things that Christians are doing get like the most love and respect by the rest of the world, we can still pull anybody aside, whether they believe in God or not, and ask them the question, hey, can I pray for you? Can, how can I pray for you? Or you seem to be going through something, can I pray for you? Right? That's something that um, anybody, the answer is yes to that, most likely. So um, there is a great opportunity that we have when we open ourselves up to prayer. And so today, as I answer that question, before I even get into that, I want to address one thing. And this is the case for all of the questions that we're asking. This, these questions are big. <laughs> That's why it's called Big Questions About God, right? Um, I am doing my best to concise this and do like a 20-minute talk for you guys, but I understand that I'm not going to hit every aspect to these questions. And so you may walk away from this talk today with a couple more questions or maybe hoping to, to hear something about prayer that I didn't quite answer. And that is okay. If that happens today, and if that happens in any of the talks that we have at Shig, I want to encourage you to come up and talk to me. Come and talk to, at least talk to somebody in this room. Like talk to a friend about it or talk to a small group leader. But we want to know the questions that you're wrestling with, and especially if they, if they pertain to God. So... I want, to, I want to extend that invitation to you guys now that this is a place, Shig on Sunday nights is a time for you guys to f find out who God is. And that's probably going to mean you're going to ask some questions here and there. So we're doing our best to, to, to answer the questions that you're asking um, and hopefully get you closer to God by answering those and, and helping you work through these questions. But if we don't hit everything, that's okay. And we, we want to... We want to take that one step further and have more conversations about it. So just know that going into it. Now, I have three answers to this question that I want to explore really quickly. And then I'm going to address one extra question that we might have about this topic at the end. A, top, a question that, that's, that's pretty difficult too. So that's what we're going to do. So starting right away with my first answer to why does God want us to pray? And that answer is God wants us to pray because he wants to be united with us. Let me say that again. The creator of the universe, this, the same being who breathed life into you, right, and that knows everything about you, wants you to pray so that we can be united with him again. See, prayer, when we do that, it's a humbling act where we stop ourselves and we look up to God and try and communicate with him. Sometimes it's, it's a lot of us talking, other times, it's us being quiet and listening, being still and hearing what God has to say. 
It's having a conversation with the creator of the world, with the same God that we kicked off Shig talking about, right? The same God who loved us and was driven by that steadfast love to die for us, right? Like, we have the opportunity to have community and fellowship with us. And here's, here's the real fact. That God wants that with us. He, he is driven by that. Just looking at Genesis, right? Like, Every single week, we've talked about at least one Genesis 1, 2, or 3. And in Genesis chapter 2, it's all about how, how humans lived in a time where everything was good, right? Like they were living in the Garden of Eden. And one thing that's talked about is we had this extra connection with God where we would take walks with him. We lived in the Garden of Eden, and things were perfect. Things were as they were planned to be. And then everything gets ruined in Genesis chapter 3. Man gets kicked out of Eden. That intimacy that we once had with God, that communication, that ability to go on walks and have this deep relationship with God, it, it, we didn't lose that completely, but we, didn't, we lost a part of that. We lost a side of that. And the rest of scripture, and to this day, God is working all things back to that place, right? Trying to get us back to Eden because he loves us. And so that's something that, that we experience in Genesis chapter 2. And he continues to want to have that with us. So that's why we have the ability to pray. And so when I thought of prayer, like when I grew up learning about prayer, I'm not sure if someone told me this or if this is just how I would explain it to somebody. I would always kind of say, you have this phone and you're stopping yourself and you're calling God. You have the ability to reach out to God, which is a pretty great fact, right? God is the creator of the universe. He loves us. He's all-powerful. And he wants us to call him. As I've gotten older, as I've learned more about prayer and I've learned more about who God is, I've realized that that's not completely true. Instead, the reality is we have a phone and God is always calling us. This phone is always ringing. This phone is always, we always have the opportunity to pull out our phone and pick it up and commune with God and communicate with him and have fellowship with him because that's who he is. He is reaching out to us constantly, and he's, he wants us to pick up the phone. He doesn't want us to dial him because he's already calling us. And so, like, when you go and read the New Testament, guys like Paul and Peter, they always tell us things like pray without ceasing. We, he, they're calling us to have this, this relationship with God where we are constantly considering what he wants for us in our life. And so I want us to think about it as God is a, is a God who's created us and he, he's created all good things in our lives. And he's using people in our lives. He's using the word of God. He's using creation. He's using happiness and joy as a sign that he is reaching out to us, waiting for us to, re, to, to, to answer his call and to, and, to, and to be in fellowship with him. So that's my first answer, right? God, God, the creator of the universe, wants to be united with us. And we have the opportunity to do that and join him in prayer. Second answer. God wants us to pray because it helps us see and experience his hand move in the world around us. So a couple of weeks before Shig started, me and Josiah, me and Josiah are, are a part of running a lot of the student ministries here at Christ Church between middle school and high school. We got asked to join this Wednesday night prayer group for, for a session. And uh, I told Josiah going into it, like, it's just it's a group of ladies that get together every single week on Wednesday mornings and they pray for us. So they they just want to know what's going on at Chig and Cove and Compass and all of this so that they can pray for us. Right? So it's probably going to take like five minutes, ten minutes, nothing too big, right? So Josiah's like, okay, cool. And so we 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 show up and it's a group of like twelve ladies 
probably no younger than 60, and probably the oldest one was close to their 90s. So it's just these sweet ladies, and uh, they're asking us, not only do they ask us about the ministry, but they ask us about ourselves. And they ask us not just what's going on in our ministries, but what we're looking forward to, and maybe some potential struggles, and, and how they could be praying for us. And what I thought was going to be like a five to 10 min minute meeting turned into like an hour long meeting. Like me and Josiah had to like push off other meetings that we didn't, like, like we, we, were, we, didn't, we weren't very productive that day because we met in this prayer group, right? And, and then like a couple days later, those ladies wrote both of us like this letter, like front to back, like no margin, no, no room for margin, like this is the most encouraging letter to the both of us about like how God is moving and about how thankful they were to, to have the, the, the opportunity to pray for us. And what I learned through that experience is those ladies are great and they're very sweet. They probably wouldn't make the best shig leaders, right? Like they, they probably don't have a lot to connect with you. They're, they're a few generations ahead of you. And that's totally okay because they still have an opportunity to join in this ministry through prayer. And that's what they did that morning when they talked to us. They wanted to know the ins and outs of our ministries. They wanted to know the things that we were struggling with and any specific prayer requests that they can pray for because they, every Wednesday, get together and pray for all ministries at Christ Church because they then have the opportunity to be a part of those ministries that they maybe aren't the best fit to be present for. And that's why we get together on Sunday mornings and pray for the worship team and pray for the preacher. We're not going to get up and preach the sermon, but instead we can get involved by praying for those certain events. Or we can pray for world missions, uh, for, for things going on in different continents. We don't have to get on a plane and hop on it. Instead, we can join in what God is doing by simply praying. And that's what God wants us to do. We have the opportunity to see God's hand work and move because it is. It is truly working and moving. Sometimes we think, in the, like, we, we read stories in the Bible of, like, God parting the Red Seas or, or a big whale coming and swallowing up a man. And, like, and we think, like, why doesn't God work and move in that way now? And the answer to that question is, no, like, that is incorrect. God's hand is just as strong and powerful today as it was in the Old Testament. And when we choose to stop ourselves in prayer and pray for not just our own desires, but pray for the desires of others and pray for other ministries and pray for other people across the world, we, begin to, we, we, we get to be a part of something bigger than ourselves and we see God's hand work and move in the world. Think of it like this, another way to think about this. I like Taylor Swift. Right? She, she is, uh, we got a lot of people in here that like Taylor Swift. Travis Kelsey loves Taylor Swift, right? Like hard launch last week, right? Uh, she's dominated in three different decades. I got into an argument with my mom. I told her that, and she's like, no, she hasn't. And I'm like, well, 2008, and then like this last decade, and now this decade. That's three decades. And, but um, she is incredible, right? I've only listened to Taylor Swift's music, though. Right? Like, I've only pulled up Spotify. I bought the Red album when it came out. That's how big of a nerd I was, like, 10 years ago, because it was incredible, right? Like, I, I, I've only listened to her music. But there's probably a handful of us in here that have had the opportunity to see her live. And when you go and, and see a live show, right? And, like, like, right now, her, what is it, the Eras tour is, like, taking over the world. It's probably, like, the biggest tour ever. And she's rocking it, right? When you go and see her perform... You are now experiencing it in a new way. Those songs that you knew that were awesome come alive. And you see Taylor work and move and, and, and feed off of the energy that you give her, right? In the same sense, when we join God in prayer, praying for the things that he is doing, praying for what he is, how he is moving and acting in the world, 
we, it's like we're buying a ticket and showing up to his live event. And even though we may not have a deep impact, like, right, like when you show up to Taylor Swift's concert, you're not, having, like, you're not getting up on stage and helping Taylor perform, but you are having an impact on what is going on. And in the same way, when we join God in prayer, praying for what's going on around us, it's like we're buying a ticket and experiencing what God has to offer in a live setting. Or we, like, or we can just, you know, just find out afterwards and not be a part of that live event. And oftentimes, like what you'll see with Taylor Swift people, like when they go to a concert, they're not like, yeah, it was fine. Like instead, they're like on cloud nine, still talking about how awesome that experience was. And, and they become even stronger fans of Taylor Swift because she, she did such a great job rocking out, right? In the same way, when you, when you, when you join with God in prayer, you, you begin to see that God is the author of all things good. He's all powerful and he does incredible things on the daily. And so you get even closer to him, which, which brings us to our final answer, which is this. God wants us to pray because it shows him that we have faith. And then it further strengthens our faith as well. So when we pray, we start a process that aligns our desires with God. We begin to see the world the way God sees the world. And that's ultimately what God is calling us to do, right? God wants us to be in sync with his will for the world because then we are living the way God has designed us to live. So by praying, our faith only increases because we, we begin to see the world through God's eyes. And so 1 John 5 says this, 14 and 15, it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So oftentimes we get a lot of passages of scripture that tell us, you don't receive because you don't ask. Right? And prayer is that opportunity that we have to, to commune with the creator of the world who loves us, who saved us, and ask him for things. And now what this passage is telling us, and a handful of other passages all throughout scripture is telling us, is that when we start this process of prayer, as long as we're aligned with God's will, when we start to ask him to work and move, he will probably answer that prayer. And that's an incredible thing. And, and through that process, that strength and that trust, that faith that we have in him only grows even more. And that's why we get writers of the New Testament, writers of the Old Testament telling us to continue to pray and to continue to ask God and, and to do so with this idea of aligning yourself with God's will. That's why you, you get in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus looking up to God and saying, not my will be done, but your will be done. And then when we, when we do that, we, we, we're aligned with him, and then God calls us to ask him for things and he will give them to us. So maybe you're, as I say this, you're probably wondering, well, there are times where I've prayed and I've been very specific with what I've asked God and he said no, or he still hasn't answered it. And that's, that's what I want to close with today. Like we've, we've talked about three different answers, right? God wants us to pray because it unites us with him. He wants us to pray because we get to join and see and, and be a part of what he's doing across the world when we do that. And he wants us to pray because it strengthens our faith, right? But I, want to clo- I said I wanted to close with a harder question. And that question is, what about when God says no to my prayer? I, that's happened to me before. There have been plenty of times where I've, I've prayed to God and he has given me a, a very strong answer in no. It's probably happened to you as well. It's probably, probably something really hard too, especially if we're, if we're stopping what we're doing to ask God for something. Normally, it's probably something very important. And when he says no, it's a very harsh one. And it seems 
confusing at the time. And, and especially when we read passages like what we just read and we, we learn that God gives us the things that we ask for, why does he say no at times? And it reminds me of one of my favorite stories that I talked about the other week of, of Jesus, the, the night before he dies. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. Some accounts say that he's so full of anxiety, he's so anxious that he's sweating drops of blood. Right? But, but what we know for sure is that he is alone in the garden praying to God the Father because he knows what's about to happen to him. He knows that the next day he is going to get up on a cross and die the most brutal death possible. And what does he pray when, when, when he is doing that, when he's sweating drops of blood? He starts by saying, God, if it's in your will, right? he's, he's aligning himself. He's doing that thing that we've already talked about. He's aligning himself with God the Father's will. But then he goes on to say, if you can remove this cup from me, if you can take what I'm about to do and like make it so that it doesn't have to happen. I, I'm about to go walk on Calvary and die the most brutal death possible. If I don't have to do that, maybe, maybe, maybe we can do something different. But we all know what happens, right? We all know that God's, God the Father's answer to Jesus in that moment was no, that you have to get up on that cross. You have to die. God said no because because we needed Jesus to die on that cross. And again, this is the same God that's driven by the steadfast love that we've been talking about each week as we've, as we've tackled all these questions. And it's important to be reminded of the fact that we have a God that loves us, especially when we wrestle with questions like sin and evil and suffering and when God says no to prayer because he also said no to this, his son in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said no to him so that ultimately he could say yes to us, right? He allowed God to die. He allowed Jesus to die on the cross so that we could be saved, right? We needed that death. We needed that, that payment of atonement so that we could be known by the Father, so that we can live an abundant life, so that we can communicate with him through prayer. And so why I'm talking about this is because God said no to Jesus in one of the hardest things, right? And one of the hardest no's of all time. But it provided all the good, like the, the greatest thing in the world, the gift of the gospel, right? A gift of eternal life. That's why he said no. And he's saying no to prayers to this day as well because he is probably working for our good. He is working all things for our good. And like what we talked about last week, we, we serve a God, we worship a God who has the ability to take bitter things and make them sweet who has the ability to, to say no to our desires because he has something better for us in store, even if it's something that's confusing or something that's really hard. Maybe God is saying no to us because he wants us to align ourselves with his will because he has something better for us in store. And so I want to I leave tonight by saying that prayer is, we have an awesome opportunity to align ourselves with God's will and to live an abundant life and to see God more clearly. And it's probably going to start us on a journey where, we, where, our, where our bond with Christ gets even stronger. So I'm going to close this in prayer, and we'll go into small groups. Let's pray.